Years ago, the uh, influential author Mac- Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book in which he extolled the virtues of making quick decisions, uh, saying basically that humans are capable of processing a lot of information in uh, in uh, split seconds, and uh, a lot of that information is uh, all they need to make the right decision. Uh, our guest on this segment of Perspective probably does not agree with that. Dr. Gleb Zaborski has been with us before, uh, and he is back with us again. Uh, he is the CEO of Disaster. Master Avoidance Experts, uh, and Dr. Taborski, it's great to have you back on the program with us. Thanks so much uh, for having me back on, Clark. It's always a pleasure. And I hate to put words in your mouth. I just think by the title of your new book, Never Go With Your Gut, that you don't necessarily agree with the idea that within a few seconds we can take in enough information to make an important, complicated decision. Well, uh, I would agree if it wasn't for the example of Boeing leadership which made horrible decisions to allow the max 737 to go forward with their gut you know and so many other decisions that we make i mean look at the amount of marriages in our our society that break up these are decisions that people make with their gut in a split second and those are horrible terrible decisions so i think malcolm gladwell is terribly wrong and he's giving very comfortable advice to people that feel comfortable to their gut that's why he's getting the big bucks but he's giving advice that will lead people to make very bad decisions in all areas of their life. And, of course, I focus on business, but it applies to all areas of life. Uh, the subtitle of the book, How Pioneering Leaders Make the Best Decisions and Avoid Business Disasters. And uh, you, you say they do that by, uh, by the process of um, you know, cognitive reasoning and, and thinking these things through, not simply, as you say, going with the gut. Exactly. So that is how the best leaders approach decisions. They certainly may see how they feel about a decision, but they know that their feelings are going to often lead them in the wrong direction because our feelings, when we're looking at the very current research on how our feelings develop, they actually develop for the savanna environment. You know, it's like when you feel like taking that third chocolate chip cookie, that doesn't mean that you should take that third chocolate chip cookie. Now, the second is okay, but the third chocolate chip cookie, that's going too far. <laughs> and that's all coming from our in savanna environment. In the savanna environment, we needed to eat as much as possible in order to survive. And that was very important. In the current environment, that's a very bad decision. That's why we have the obesity epidemic. And the same thing goes for business decisions. We, in the savanna environment, needed to be tribal to orient toward people who are just like us in our tribe. And we also needed to use the fight-or-flight reflex to immediately make quick decisions in order to survive. In the modern business, both of these tendencies lead to the ruin of great businesses. Is it safe to say that an emotional decision, like whether to eat that third chocolate chip cookie, uh, is um, informed and therefore affected negatively by our biases, which we always have with us? Mm-hmm. That's right. So there are over a hundred of these cognitive biases, which I talk about in the book. And this is the first book that actually deals with cognitive biases in business leadership. And folks might have heard about cognitive biases like the confirmation bias, so where we tend to look for information that confirms our beliefs and ignore information that doesn't. So let's say the WeWork debacle, where the company WeWork used to be worth $47 billion. And after it tried to make its public IPO, it, after an investigation by 
the people, the potential investors, it became worth about $8 billion. So that's $40 billion in value wiped out. Wiped out because the leadership of WeWork was overly optimistic. It was only looking for information that would confirm its beliefs that having a public offering IPO is a good idea. And it was ignoring information that it would be a bad idea. And that's $40 billion in value. $40 billion that's wiped out just because of the confirmation bias. And that's one over a hundred of over a hundred cognitive biases that leads us astray. And I talk in the book about how to notice them and address these problems. How did your own background and your own experiences lead you to uh, come up with this approach to decision-making and the book? Well, as a kid, my dad told me, you know, without reservation, just told me, hey, you should always go with your gut. That's the best way to make decisions. And as I grew up, I made some bad decisions going with my gut. And I also saw my dad make some really bad decisions when he went with his gut. So, for example, he hid some money from my mom, hid some income that he was making. And then when she eventually discovered it several years from then, they had a big, big fight and they separated for a while. And she could, they eventually got back together, but she could never trust him again. So that was one example. It led to bad things in my family. But then when I was also growing up, I was coming of age in the dot-com boom and bust. You know, in the 1999, I was 18. You know, party like it's 1999 for people who remember. <laughs> and people were pouring money into these dot-com uh, companies, which in a couple of years, when I was 21 in 2002, went bust. And so many people lost their money, so much money. And that, the investors were making investments based on their gut. And these investments were really terrible. You mentioned Elon Musk as another bad example of somebody who uh, kind of went with their gut on on something. But uh, then you also talk about people like Henry Ford. Um, are there people who just maybe have better guts than others, or does it just look that way to the outside observer? It's really just this look that way to the outside observer. Now, Henry Ford, there are, if you look at leaders, many leaders have developed good intuitions around areas where they've made good good decisions in the past. So think about driving. Driving is something that you learned to do. You know, you didn't, uh, you weren't born as a driver, just like you weren't born as a leader. You aren't born as a driver. You have to learn all the behaviors of driving. And now you can drive fine. It feels comfortable. It feels intuitive. It feels like you're going with your gut. But you have to learn those behaviors. And Henry Ford and other leaders who succeeded had to learn the behaviors of successful leadership. So they are not going with their gut. They learned these things, and then they succeeded based on learning these things. And you, when you look at them, you look at their successful decisions. They are, these are the decisions in areas that they've repeated often, you know, just like how you look over your shoulder before you merge into a new lane. But in areas where leaders make decisions that they haven't made often correctly in the past, that's when they tend to go very wrong. And they are very confident about their decision-making, too confident because of their past experience. So, for example, a major area of decision-making is mergers and acquisitions. Now, there are many, many companies going into mergers and acquisitions, but it's something that the vast majority of leaders have very little experience with. And then no wonder that if you look at the research on mergers and acquisitions, about 70 to 90% of them fail 
they destroy value as opposed to creating value because leaders are way too confident about their ability to make these decisions. Uh, are, there exa- are there exceptions, though, to that uh, statement, um, you know, never go with your gut? Are there some times when uh, following your instincts or your emotions can work out? There are only some uh, in- instances when they can work out, but these are pretty limited, and we have to be very careful to think about when our intuitions can work out. So they can be helpful if you have a long-term business relationship with someone, and then you already know how they behave in certain instances. And that's similar to the Savannah environment, where you have a long-term relationship with someone in a tribe, and then you know that they behave in a certain way. So when you know that their behavior is usually one way, but then they start behaving in a different way towards you, that's a time when you want to step back and say, hey, what's going on here? You know, my intuitions are telling me from the tribal Savannah environment, because they're similar to it, that there's something going wrong, that there's something going wrong here and that you want to check. But there's, we're very tempted to think that we're much more likely to, much more accurate at reading other people than we actually are. So, for example, research, you know, many people think that they're great at telling apart lies from truth, but we're actually way overconfident about our ability to do so. Research shows that we get lies when we evaluate whether people are lying or not correct only about 54% of the time. And that's a terrible rate, considering just by random chance we would be getting lies, uh, we would be identifying lies 50% of the time. So we're much worse at telling apart lies from truth than we think we are. The CEO of Disaster Avoidance Experts, uh, a consulting coaching training firm, Dr. Gleb Zabersky's new book is called Never Go With Your Gut, How Pioneering Leaders Make the Best Decisions and Avoid uh, Business Disasters. In the book, what sort of uh, content do you include that will um, either help us avoid those business disasters by kind of maybe changing the way we go about decision-making or uh, perhaps getting ourselves out of that hole we just dug by going with our gut? <laughs> yes, so we want to think about how to prevent the hole in the first place. So let's talk about preventing it in the first place. Now, a very effective and quick way of doing so is to ask five questions, five questions that take care of the large majority of the cognitive biases that we tend to experience that cause us to make terrible decisions. And here are the five questions that you need to ask before any business decision or any decision in life that you want to get right and that you don't want to get wrong. The first question, what important information did I not yet fully consider? Again, what important information did I not yet fully consider? That question is especially important for you to consider the information that goes against your preferred option, that goes against, you know, for Elon Musk making a tweet about someone calling uh, this person a pedophile or something like that, or any other sort of tempting desire that goes against your preferred option. So check to make sure that your preferred option is actually the right one. Try to disconfirm it. Try to show yourself that it's the wrong one. And then you're much more likely to make the right decision. Then what dangerous judgment errors did I not yet address? And I talk about all of those extensively in the book. Third question, what would a trusted and objective advisor suggest I do? So think about this angel on your shoulder sort of thing, person who you really trust. And what would this person, what would she or he tell you to do? Fourth, 
How have I addressed all the ways this decision can fail? If you think about these risks and contingencies in advance, you're much more likely to make the right decision as opposed to if you try to deal with them afterward, if you try to dig yourself out of the hole. And finally, what new information would cause me to revisit this decision? It's best to make this inform- decision in advance, evaluate this information in advance, but you're not trying to, after you made the decision, decide, well, what kind of new information would cause me to change my mind. It's much better to make this determination in advance of the decision of implementing the decision itself. So those five questions can help you take care of a great deal of problems that you would experience when you're going for decision making. You also talk in the book a little bit about mental fitness, uh, a way, I guess, of uh, preparing yourself to uh, follow good uh, decision-making procedures and uh, put into practice what you kind of just described a minute ago. Is that mental fitness a little bit like physical fitness? Does it take a little practice and and constant workout? (laughs) It really does. So folks often think about physical fitness, that that's a tendency that we think of in everyday life, doing exercise, whatever, cardio and so on. And we don't think about mental fitness. But really, the mind is the most important organ, so to speak, the most important muscle we have, because it determines everything else that we do. And we don't exercise it nearly enough. We don't think about gathering mental fitness. So one of the things that I talk about that's fundamental is that we need to learn where our mental habits, the tendencies, the patterns in which we think are leading us in the wrong direction, and how can we work out, have good, effective workouts of our minds to get us into the right direction? Because the way that we think is the most critical thing in our lives. Really, the only things in our lives that we can control are our thoughts and feelings and behaviors. And really, the thoughts are the ones that are most under our control. Our feelings are much harder to control. So if we can can effectively control our thoughts through developing mental fitness, which I talk about in the book, we can control all other areas of our life. And the book is called Never Go With Your Gut, How Pioneering Leaders Make the Best Decisions and Avoid Business Disasters. Dr. Kleb Zaberski, CEO of Disaster Avoidance Experts, a consulting, coaching, and training firm, uh, has written it. Uh, Dr. Zaberski, where can we get copies of the book? Anywhere books are sold, it's available on Amazon, it's available on my website, disasteravoidanceexperts.com, for discount. It's available at Barnes & Noble, your local bookstores, anywhere books are sold. Dr. Gleb Zabersky, it's great to talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on again, Clark. It's always a pleasure.